Hello, welcome to Out of the Basement's All Things Warhammer, where we discuss different things on Warhammer. We usually start with a topic, but then generally go down uh, the rabbit hole. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you very much. Hi, and welcome to another episode of All Things Warhammer from Out of the Basement. I'm your host, host Patrick Leeson, and uh, today I'm joined uh, with Joe. Uh, on, there's supposed to be another person who hasn't shown up yet, so if he does come, he'll just jump on in. So Joe, give us a bit of details about yourself for who you are and your Warhammer experience. Yeah, well thanks guys. It's uh, really great to be here, Pat, for another amazing uh, podcast with Out of the Basement. Uh, my name's Joe Miedema. I've uh, been playing Warhammer 40,000. Uh, when I was younger, so we'll say about 20 years ago I played uh, well, whatever you, edition you, that you was. Know, how, many, how many years? <laughs> say it's been a while. Well, been, a, been a few days or yeah. decades. Uh, so I, I played when the Grats used to be on square bases, if that, uh, and they were called Gretchen. Uh, oh, so yes. I think second or third edition, something yeah. like that. Uh, kind of took a little hiatus from it, but I really got back into it in uh, about 2004. 2005 and then started playing orcs in fifth edition at a competitive level like yeah. you know and it, it, that's ever since then it's been uh, a very uh, solid pastime and stable hobby for myself yes. and now the reason because here today's main topic is events yeah absolutely uh, now this is you run an event yourself now yeah so um, my business is extreme tabletop gaming or ETTG we run about three um, smaller scale Ottawa events that are mostly surrounded uh, in the areas of casual uh, wargaming for Warhammer 40,000 uh, a couple examples would be like a for fun singles casual or a casual random 40k doubles uh, and our one big event every year is the Canadian Tabletop Championship or CTC which is in May all every, right? that's right this yeah the, the week. first weekend of May uh, every year this is our second event and uh, it is being run May 1, 2, 3, 2020 this year. Now, you've been to Adepticon. Also, I think there's a Las, Las Vegas you went to as well. Yeah, the Las Vegas Open for 40K champs. Yeah, okay. that was like the pinnacle experience. So can you give me, a, the, the listeners who may not be familiar, what's the difference between ITG and ETG or, you know, the... Yeah, so the, the European uh, uh, ETC or European uh, Tabletop Championship or team championship sorry etc yes. format is different than the international uh itc international tabletop championship international tabletop uh independent tournament league oh, that okay. is independent there, tournament sorry. that's there, one. See, itc the same thing. I yeah you can't going. uh so it's etc and itc but let's not talk about acronyms too deeply yeah. <laughs> so basically itc is a format um that was put on by uh, frontline gaming in 6th edition where uh, Warhammer 40,000 was very much rudderless when it came to support from Games Workshop in tournament play. So there's amazing models, there's you know, good fluff, there's lots of books coming up from uh, their, their, the book size, so there's a lot of great information but there's no tournament format and that's right when Games Workshop stopped providing the support for a structure to formats. So what happened is they saw a great opportunity to create a set of rules that was community-based for improvement that tackled large issues in the systems where certain armies were overpowered, certain rules were overpowered or underpowered, and essentially they created a house, uh, uh, a series of house rules and, and frequently asked questions that would help um, tournament organizers of the independent tournament circuit, ITC, run an event where players had a better chance of having a balanced and meaningful tournament experience. Without getting crushed and being... 
disappointed or yeah like saying if you brought an army you would automatically lose because of abc now it's like you had a more fair chance the missions were more balanced um they went with a format where instead of scoring everything at the very end of the game um and before sixth edition and seventh edition they didn't have maelstrom scoring so then they changed to essentially scoring throughout the game as as opposed to just holding one single spot on a hill in the middle of the table at the very end of the game. Ah, uh, okay. So, and then the other one is the ET. Was your, you said European? ETC, yeah, European Team Championship, uh, which is being branded something else very soon. I think it's WTC, Warhammer. Oh, okay. Warhammer Tournament, Tournament Championship. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's uh, it's. Now, did ETC. that come out after ITG or? I actually don't know for okay. certain. I know it's they've both Joe, been you around. Let me down, man. They've both been around <laughs> roughly the same amount of time. Okay. I think the ETC might predate it a right. little bit. Um, but I don't know for certain. But it's it is a international format that is followed very closely in Europe. It's it is popular in North America, but certainly um, not to the same extent that ITC. Well, it's more of the international. I guess North America is more of the international community type thing. That's right. And yeah. I think I think uh, the ITC did it very well um, in terms of community engagement, ensuring that rules and missions and formats were balanced. But then they also instituted the uh, ITC battle points, or, or score. so essentially, as a player with a player name yeah. and a player number, you started scoring points at the beginning of the season, which is roughly February of a year, and uh, it's kind of cool. Like if if you're doing something competitively, it's nice not only to track your progress, your wins, your losses. Yeah. It's also nice to know how you place within tournaments and then receive points for where you place in those tournaments. Oh. And then it actually has a, its own database to track how you progress throughout the ITC season which is roughly mid-feb to the next year's mid-feb. Um, now, also, is there, I have to, is there things like yellow cards and red cards for some players? Because you've been to a lot of, like, you've been to a lot of different tournaments throughout North America, mostly. Yeah, so the last two years, uh, you know, it's been over 60 events, and it's fantastic. It, the way it's grown, probably in the last three years, you know, the last year has been the largest boom, and then it's almost exponential, I would say, very close to where, you know, in uh, 2016, 2017, things were getting big. There's large venues, like you're going to be talking about, large uh, venues, large Adep conventions, like Adepticon. Adepticon, and, so think, and there's also the one in, uh, was it, what's the one in uh, London? The game game workshop itself has a, does don't, don't they run a big one as well? I think they have. Okay. So at Warhammer World, yes. Or, so there's the London GT, which was not directly affiliated with Games Workshop, but they believe it's supported or sponsored in some way. But it's not run by GW itself. Okay. Yeah. So GW still has its official tournament circuit uh, or tournaments, mm -hmm. but they're very much related directly to the company, um, and it's just very different than ITC or ETC. Oh, they have their own rules sort of everything? Yeah, like, like it, it's, they don't use the same standard like 2,000 points, it's more 1750. Um, they use a little bit more on their missions as opposed to missions that are a little bit better balanced. Um, you don't receive ITC points if you attend in a sanctioned uh, Warhammer 40,000 uh, Games Workshop event. Um, so, you know, there's, it's, an, I'm, sh I'm assuming a great experience. I just haven't personally gone to one. Yeah. Now, what'd you find, okay, because you've been to Adepticon, you've been to the yeah. Las Vegas one, and you've been to a lot of local ones. That's right. Like, yeah, all uh, across the... You were in Buffalo, there's the Wild, the Wings one, and what is yeah, it? Yeah, uh, uh, Beef and Wings. Beef and Wings. In, bu in Buffalo, um, Du Bois GT in uh, New York, in Rochester, New York. Yeah. Um, I've been to a few in the East Coast of Canada, um, Bork and Morks. Uh, GT in Halifax and Moncton. I like the name of that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Gorks and Morks. It's almost like brother and sister or sister yep. and sister events. Yeah. They're, uh, they're a great bunch of crew down there. Um, you know, White Coast GT in uh, the West Coast in Vancouver. Um, 
Yeah, it just uh, even some out in Alberta too. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, you're traveling, traveling all over, having a good time. Because uh, I haven't been to too many. I've just started like Adepticon last year. It was my first time going to one. I did go to partake of some of your uh, the ETGs mixed double ones. Yeah, the, like the smaller sixteen uh, the smaller player. Ones and, yeah, 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 yeah. We're fine. And then Warzone last year, besides CTC. So and Warzone put on a really great show last did. year. Yeah, that was, that was a fantastic event. Uh, all the great guys like Luke Cohen from Zakeda and the entire Warzone crew and all the supporting organizations. I think they really have grown in a positive yeah, way to support. I was going to say, because I've looked at how many events are in Ottawa. Like, just, like, there's also the Capital City Bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. Ones. Ottawa's gotten a lot of Warhammer different events throughout the year. Absolutely. It's a it's very strong community in, in Ottawa. There's uh, not only from the casual side, the narrative side, uh, the hobby is very strong in Ottawa. We see a lot of painters and mm -hmm. studios. Um, I mean, there's there's many, many, many to, to list, but you know, oh, you look at Brushfire Studios Brush with Zach, and you get uh, War Glenn. Machine, absolutely, uh, uh, Warsmith Studios, Warsmith Studios, with, uh, with Glenn, yeah. and there's so many to even to list, you yeah. know. And so, if you're a hobbyist, there's tutorial videos. The Canadian Painter is in Ottawa. Yeah. Brent and his crew from uh, the Ottawa uh, Capital Gaming Group, you know, OKGG. No, it's just there's too many to list, but at the same time, that's a positive thing it because no matter what side of the city you're on, it's easy to find a local casual group or a competitive group or people that are just there to play a narrative mission. It's, it's there's, fun. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of local, like all the local stores have events going on different times and stuff like that. I've noticed because, like, with Out of the Basement, we get invites for a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the local shops are, there's, everything's happening. Like, every weekend I've seen from the ones in Quebec, Ottawa, and all that, there's stuff happening every week. Like yeah. Minor little ones. But then yeah. they have all the big events as well because now CTC, this year's second year. That's right. And you did a great inaugural year. Now, what, what did you take from other events? to CTC because like I said you did a lot you did 16 the last couple of years so you've seen a different flavor across all the different spectrums from really small to Adepticon with you know thousands of people over five days going that's right on it. so what did you take from that to put into CTC so it's uh, essentially the concept between uh, supporting CTC from 2019 and 2020 is improving the, um, the, the player experience, what, not only during their actual game, but kind of outside of the game. Uh, if you look at what the Capital City Bloodbath and the Can Hammer Team Tournament, so the CCBB and CHTT, yeah. both uh, run by Can Hammer and the Red Dragon, if you look at what they did, um, they've like professionalized it into a science like this yes. very well coordinated a great community base but also a great organizational staff everything is extremely well presented right from the venue to the coordination of the player pack the parking like the, there's they've really covered all their bases and I think the big thing that I took away last year was that they also do a, a player survey so that was one of the first things that we did in early May 2019 was put out a player survey and that was a a direct reason was because of the Capital City Bloodbath of 2018. Okay. And I said, wow, you know, a player survey is great. You know, it takes five minutes to fill out. It lets you highlight the good things, the bad things, and the ugly things. Uh, and it's a great chance to touch base with each and every player. Uh, we had over 380 people attend last year at CTC. Great turnout for the first year. I mean, it was quite impressive. Yeah, and I had a great time, but we've now built on the number of events. Uh, we've added quality to the events that we currently had to build them up in their player base by adding more terrain, by adding better types of terrain yeah. by adding uh, additional staffing to have additional I guess it's important to judges. take the criticism, like realize it's there to improve everything. That's it's, right, yeah. Like some, I would say that everyone that wrote, like yeah, there's a couple people that are harsh, but you know, what they said was true. Yeah. And you just have to take it, uh, not as a personal attack, but a way of improving, uh, whether it's logistics from parking or food quality 
or wait times. You know, there, as you remember, there was quite a few issues oh, with our internet, which caused point of sale issues. Those are typical issues. But of again, any it's unfortunate. Location. It's a venue, more like the. It wasn't. It's still part of CTC, but it's, it was more of a venue issue thing because yeah, there, there was a problem with the internet, then they had problems with the plumbing. You yeah, know, exactly. Like this, this so it it was one thing that you know we've worked with them to kind of find out what their level of improvement is too to help mm -hmm. support better menu, faster and better service, yeah. additional staff on hand, and additional um, plans to have parking set up ahead. So those are all great things. The other thing is, um, you know, sometimes it's just like some uh, one event will give you a player pack with a nice summary of all the missions and all the deployment types. So a one pager they, they've been calling it, I copied that. Like I talked to the TO, I said, hey, do you mind if I just run, use this at my event? And if I put your name at the bottom, I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. So we'll have, a, we'll have a one pager this year. So it saves the environment by going from six pages down to one on one of the particular things. So like our player pack used to be 25 pages, now it'll be like 12 pages. Oh, much better. Um, and it's more consinct. Um, and, you know, we're gonna adjust our sportsmanship scores slightly to take into the advice from last year as well. So yeah, I, I think it's it's all about having an open mind to uh, take constructive feedback and turn it into improvement. Who are we? The Astron Militarium is a name the high low of the terror gave us. But that's a fancy name for the hot monkey monks. And us grunts don't use it, except me when talking to the upper officers. Who are we? We are the mortar that holds the Imperium together. Yeah, the Navy might get us a system of planets. Yeah, the Space Marines, they're the Emperor's angels. But neither of them can hold the planets without us. Our blood and sacrifice bodies are what allow the Imperium to continue. Who are we? We're the Emperor's hammer. We are the Imperial God. And bring back to that to the red card thing. Oh yeah. yeah. So so, so, so yellow, well, I, I know well, you asked card. about yellow card and red card. So I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, as you, if you play in an eight-person event on a Saturday for three games for you know something like nine hours, chances of having a really bad experience are very low. Chances of having a great time with people that you already know very high. Level of conflict is low. Level of requirement for judging and ruling moderate to low. But when you go to a 400-person tournament like LVO or like you know over 800 this year, um, you were talking about people from all across the country. Many of them you've never met. Many of them there that play in different communities where rules may be interpreted differently. So you have to have a clear uh, series of rules and regulations to govern the players and govern the judges and govern the operation of the, the actual event. And because the ITC had a code of conduct that's been in effect for close to uh, 17 months now, that code of conduct for how a player is supposed to act, play, interact with their opponent, and interact with the staff, it's fantastic. I, I guess it's, it's very, it must, it must be needed. Because like it you said, needed. you get different personalities and different different cultures and everything. Yeah, different, different communities. Like, yeah. you know, like there's, it is one rule book, but man, we all know the 40K rule book is garbage. Mm -hmm. It is not up to date. You can't just have a rule book and play. You need to have FAQs and chapter codexes, spring updates and errata. So there are mistakes, and a lot of it is just an honest mistake. Someone's only been playing for a year. They didn't realize there was an update to their FAQ <laughs> a second time. Yeah, exactly. And then you gently remind them, hey, did double check, is it two CP to use that or one CP? I think it's two. And they go, oh, I think it's one because it says in my, my codex. And Well, actually, there's an errata. It's two. Cool. That's a perfectly easy way to get through a problem. But sometimes it's like two people are very hard and set in their ways, and that's why you need have uh, the judging staff to do that. So like having the card system as part of the player conduct, uh, code of conduct, 
gives the tools so the players understand the expectation of how they're supposed to have comportment and how to play, and the staff have the options to give players feedback for good and negative behavior. And the good behavior is you don't get carded and everything's fine, and the bad behavior is if you act inappropriately, there will be consequences which are outlined and fair. And again, that it's the fact that it's now, like you said, been there for almost two years, well, a year and a half, but ITC, like these are the things. Every tournament, if you want to be there, this is how you have to comport yourself. That's right. And, yep. and, and sort of just based, again, common sense and common decency to be nice to other people. Um, now, there's an app that you started using that I've seen you use a couple of times for keeping track of a lot of different stuff. Can you explain that to... Yeah, so, I mean, if you look as a person who's running a smaller event for one day, you could kind of do that on anything. You could do it on paper, you could do it on a Excel spreadsheet, you could do it on a little computer screen. I remember screen. <laughs> your first double event, you had you had your laptop going with, I think it was Excel spreadsheets. I was excelling. excelling. I was not excelling, but I was <laughs> Excel spreadsheeting, yeah. yeah. It was the hard way. Yeah. I, essentially, when you do pairings, you, the, the metric to do Swiss pairing is people that win go up in the pairing and people that lose go down and then you get paired across people have equal points so yeah. essentially it's a fair method of uh, ensuring that people who win don't play against people that lose and you continue that for the number of rounds with Excel spreadsheet it's very easy to do that as long as it's singles but when we were doing doubles it made it really well, tricky then, yeah, you, you and then, then it was you. random doubles too yeah, so. <laughs> so you're trying to keep track of different armies different people different you know like, who yeah. played where who, who played, played with who who yeah, played with what yeah. it was like oh at the end of the day it was much more of a, a mixed management of chaos now when you run an event that's larger you need to have some kind of software to support you uh, it really helps yes you can still get out your butcher paper and your, your chart and your pens and your markers and you could do a, a good old school uh, bracket yes you can do that. Takes but, in this, time. but in this case with CTC, currently we have 18 events announced, a couple more in the pocket. So we'll probably be at 20 or 21 events by the time it's uh, two months from now at CTC. You need to have some support, and the best support I've found so far is the Best Coast Pairing or the BCP app. I've made a, a very strong positive relationship with uh, those guys with KC and whatnot, and they have just done a great job in the last few years developing an application that's generally on a phone or another mobile device like an iPad on Wi-Fi, and you take that device, you can set up all your players in there, you set up all the format, like the number of rounds, the length of a round, uh, some of the rules that govern the round, and then you go. And it literally, when you enter in the scores, which can be done by each player at each table, it basically allows you to reduce a huge amount of the tax on work for the tournament organizer, and it puts the onus to reporting and it balances it between the player and the TO. I love it. I still use paper backup. If you remember, uh, yeah, remember on Sunday last we year, had we had, we had, had issues some... with the pairings. Yes. It closed off the event, and we immediately had to, there run was a, a what-the-heck moment. We had to yeah. run around, get all the paper, and manually enter it in and restart the tournament. It was a 15-minute delay, but in that 15 minutes, if we did not have the paper, we would have been screwed. Oh, that's okay. So, so but you know what? So you, you can't 100% rely on it. Just like we had uh, at LVO 20, um, there's huge delays, there's pairing problems, there's crashes, people couldn't, you know, and that's just one of the particular drawbacks of where their software was back in uh, early February, yeah. sorry, late January. But now um, they, they made the changes to optimize it for large scale events in the 800 plus oh, good. category. Yeah. So we won't have a problem at CTC for right. our estimated 100 people yeah. that'll be playing. Now for also events, because CTC as well as Warzone and obviously Adepticon, they have other events besides Warhammer 40k. I mean the big 
absolutely. Draw, it yeah. does tend to be Warhammer 40k, but there is uh, Flames of War, Bolt Action, Star Wars, X-Wing, Infinity, Legion, Legion, and that, and even Armageddon and all those other ones. There's well over a hundred styles of games being yeah. run at Adepticon this year, so no. it's it's incredible the breadth of the style, focus, and uh, universe of each game. Yeah. That and, but you've also been, like I said, at the uh, Capital City Blood Bath, uh, Blood Bowl, Blood Bath, Blood Laugh. Which does tend to be more Warmer 40k centric only. Yeah, they have a few events uh, this year announced. I believe they're doing like not only 40k uh, singles but 40k doubles on the Friday. I think they're going to be running a Free Blades event to, again and yeah. Age of Sigmar. But it is very Games Workshop driven. Yes. So do you feel that having the multiple different types of uh, games and that helps a big event more than just staying small? Like I said, like. Warhammer 40k because you can get big, pretty big with just Warhammer 40k but you feel that to be a truly bigger event you need all the extra games and you know support so it's, it's a great question I think the the purpose and the vision behind uh, the Canadian Tabletop Championship is not simply to be a single game system or single game type and that's for a few reasons first off our tabletop gaming community is very very wide we're talking about people that play everything from like Pathfinder D&D and other tabletop narrative games with a dungeon master in the lead all the way up to a very complex game like Warhammer 40,000 which yeah. is a multi-hour you know two-person one-on-one type battle and everything in the middle some events uh, you know some game systems sorry take 30 minutes to play some take three hours and I think it's very important to support the entire community whether it's from board games all the way up to complex tabletop games so that's why CTC has uh, over 20 events that will be running this year and also supporting free play and open gaming of board games um, so I think there is a strength it's it's easier to focus on a single game system that's doing well have a large single event it it is easier uh, there are challenges like if there's a major change or issue with that game system then you're kind of you're somewhat susceptible to issues yeah. uh, because say if they run, release a new edition just before your event then you're kind of scrambling to be able to, to compensate uh, at the same time so having multiple events provides you some um, su- you know just a fallback if there is one issue with a single game system you kind of put that on pause for a little while until it's sorted out and then carry on with the other 18 or 20 um, so I, I like both methods like CCB is one of my staple 480k <laughs> events I love it I've been playing it since 2015 all those guys are fantastic from Canhammer and now supported by Red Dragon. You can't go wrong by playing Warhammer 40,000 or Age of Sigmar at CCBB. It's just fantastic. It's a great experience, great venue, great people, great time. Now, if you wanted to play Infinity, you can't do that there, which is why I think it's nice to have, uh, or you know, one of the other game systems, it's nice to have the opportunity to go to another convention where they kind of look at the community as a, as a whole mm-hmm. uh, instead of just a specific niche in the community. Uh, again, so uh, there's a thought I had, but it went away, but it's coming back to me. Uh, since you've been to Adepticon as well, right? mm-hmm. which is like, to me, the granddaddy. It's the granddaddy. It's oh, yeah. It, it, unless you're talking about Gen Con, but then... That's Some of the events are a lot different. Yeah, yeah it's just Gen Con's more for the role-playing aspect right. as opposed to the tabletop miniature Agreed. games and stuff like that. So for Adepticon, <coughs> they have one where it's the Titanic battle, right? Yeah, it's like the big whole, robots. A, yeah, well, it's a whole floor set aside for billions of points where you just come in, with, <laughs> here's here's your army, you go fight with the 20 other people playing at the same time. Yeah. I, I, I can just imagine the list logistics of trying to run something like that. I don't think CTC is having to think of that in any time soon. It's not for this year, for sure. We've re- actually reached out to the community that runs it, and they're interested. They couldn't make it this year from some scheduling conflicts, but we're actually hoping maybe in uh, CTC 21. Actually, okay, just... Sure. 
And, you know, it, because there are people that enjoy all aspects of the game, not just competitive. And when you look at narrative, we're talking about apocalypse, we're yes. talking about everything from Well, there's under... the, the narrative guys I met at Dapticon. Yeah, they're fantastic. Because they come up with their own little story. That's right. And it's awesome. Like, I did the one uh, last year, which was basically Heart of Darkness, sort of okay. take off. You know, the apocalypse now sort of idea. And I think that's great. To, like, that's, you know me, I love more the narrative style Absolutely. of gaming. Um, there's also the friendlies. That's at, right. Adapticon, where it's more just... You get together, it doesn't really matter, you know, who wins or loses, you're just there to have a good time. Yes. Roll some dice, chat with someone, you know, scream at your dice because they screw up. <laughs> but it, it's, it's nothing about points or how your standing is, it's just go... Meet sit, some people, meet have some, some people, fun, you know. and enjoy the time. The one I remembered what I was going to ask you, because I remember last year when there was the big release mm -hmm. from Games Workshop just before, I think two weeks before uh, CTC came out. Yes. And this year, Psychic Awakening just came out. That's right. So how is that going to, like, do you have to, like, scramble with your TOs and say, okay, are we allowing the update in the lists? Or because not everyone's going to have access to it yet, do you not allow it? Like, how so we had eight days <laughs> from, <laughs> from when they released the spring FAQ last year yeah. to the first day Saturday of the 40K champs, not the 40K friendly. Yeah. So eight days, I got to tell you, is tight. Now... When you look at the people who play competitively, it's not hard for them to understand why they need to go download a 15-page PDF, yeah. read it multiple times, memorize it, and then go play. It is hard for those that are playing in their first competitive event to understand. So there was an um, advertising campaign or an awareness campaign where we had to post the FAQ multiple times. We had updated the player pack. We sent out the email. We sent out the message. We sent out the Facebook messages and the one-on-one -on -one messages to say, hey, it is coming, and yes. we are doing it. This year, we're going to be actually holding a... Uh, well, we, they haven't announced exactly when the spring FAQ is, but typically it's the end of April. We will yes. act... And because because uh, Saturday, uh, May 2nd is the champs, uh, day one, we were actually going to pull the uh, all the whole community for 40K champs and say, we'll just put it to a, po a poll. Like, who wants it in? Who wants it out? We'll go with the majority. That's a, Instead of making a decision on behalf of the community, we'll let the community have the say. Because if it's literally two days ahead, personally, as a player, I'd find that a little bit much. Yes. If it's four, five, well, six days, it's, it's, it's people okay. come in from Texas and other stuff like that, right? That's right. So, they're like, okay, they're getting ready to travel. They're doing their traveling. They've literally printed off their list. They've yeah. packed their models. They exactly have a suitcase packed with a toothbrush. Right and it's tough. It's especially tough for people traveling that don't typically have as much access to their home computer or their home whatever, mm -hmm. or their school or their office. Um, so that's it. We'll put it to a poll. And that's uh, that's basically what's been written into the current player pack, which is um, going to be launched March 1st. And we're basically it a week and a half just before the yeah. event because we have to like there's there's no way you can uh, run an event with people thinking that they're using or not using it has to be clear and it has to be um, taken as a whole because now like the thing is like psychic awakening has just dropped that's right and multiple well there's m multiple components to psychic well, awakening yeah and the most latest one has dropped but you know it, it's been a great release it is though forecast to have another release just before may <laughs> so that's, that's we have an faq we have a psychic awakening and we'll have an a, a psychic <laughs> awakening faq or errata so it's gonna be messy yeah. but that's kind of the way it is you know and, and most competitive players who play more than one competitive event a year uh or chasing itc points or they're you know the same 50% of the community, they yeah. are fine with it. They might be a little bit miffed if their army just kind of got nerfed. a little bit nerfed or a little or bit that model heavily became, modified. Or and that we'll model became like 
What do you mean it's co costing the other 50 points for them? Well, this is it. We have to allow our list submission to match if we take the FAQ on. If we say yeah, spring FAQ is good to go, we have to be prepared for adjustments to lists. Yeah. And so that's that's just where the players are going to have to have their say, and we'll go with what they want, and we'll just ensure it's enforced uh, fairly across the board. And well, that's good. Like I said, I can imagine, like I said, the logistics when they're like comes out, like especially Psychic Awakening is a big a big release, right? And because it's coming out again with each faction, faction, and all this sort of stuff. So you know, and this is where I can understand, like, okay, so my faction already has the update. That's right. Yours won't until maybe who knows when. So June, August. Yeah. Yep. So like you're still working on your old list. I've have the the advantage of having new stuff. So I can see where sometimes it's hard for the players. Like okay, well, you got you got all the new stuff. I'm still nerfed. That's right. It, it, it it's there's no such thing as. Um, the perfect environment for competitive play because uh, the way Games Workshop does their updates and whatnot, it's not a single release for all the codexes or you know all the updates, all the secular yeah. awakening. And you know they're a business, right? So they want to spread it out and ensure people have the financial background to buy it. But it, you're right. You know I had psychic awakening as Eldar early on, so I had access to additional Exarch powers. I had a whole new psychic tree that's useless. Yep. <laughs> I'm just joking. It, no, it's yeah. not useless. But it, you know I had access to additional options, whereas an orc player won't get their options until this next to second awakening. But drop. then also you're going like, well, the Tau and Necrons don't have psychic powers according to you know the rules. They don't, but I mean they're going to be getting something coming up in this next drop. That's so where we'll I feel see. bad for Tau players because they're like, well, I'm not getting any special advantages to counter psychic stuff. But they might actually see some rules <laughs> changes for existing models and potentially even new rule sets to support their but, current. But again, until it comes out, you're like, you don't oh, know. <laughs> you don't know. You're like, yeah. okay, my guys are still this, and everyone else gets big bonuses, whereas I'm like, yeah. It, it's tough for sure. And yeah. if, if, because Psychic Awakening does encapsulate more than simply just psychic powers, yes. it does give some units changes to their actual core codex rules. It adds additional special abilities. There's some points adjustments for Dark Eldar and Eldar as an example for their powers. Yeah. Um, hopefully the Tau for codex rules. It adds additional special abilities. There's some points adjustments for Dark Eldar and Eldar as an example for their powers. Um, hopefully the Tau perhaps have another build other than triple riptides or shield drones. You know, maybe they'll open up a few other options for that. Uh, you said earlier on you did uh, did orcs with the Gretchen. So I don't know if you've been paying attention because <laughs> yes. one favorite uh, famous Gretchen's getting a new model. Uh, Please do tell. I've seen a couple of pictures, but but tell me I didn't catch the name. Oh crap! I can't remember the name. Oh, oh is, is it the one with the banner? Yes, yes. the banner <laughs> one. Who goes with the big war boss? Right. Um, who they might? There's rumors that he might become what they call a beast, Ooh. which is one of the, the the biggest biggest war bosses you can get. Okay. Are they actually talking about Gaskell? Yes, they're getting a new. Oh yeah, that would so be amazing. they're teasing his like showing little pictures here and there of him. Yep. And from the pictures, it's hard to like he's obviously a 32 or a 36 base mm -hmm. millimeter base instead of you know the 20, 25, 28. Yep. So he's gonna be bigger base. I hope he's yeah. I mean, if he turns into a monster, yes. I hope he also gets like I don't know 40 or 60 mil base. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Cool. It's hard to tell because they always do it properly. They they're they're making it blurry <laughs> from the behind. Make it hard to but tell. But the Gretchen, the Gretchen, he looks like he's on a standard 25 millimeter base. Mm -hmm. Then the one behind him, they're going, yeah, it's it looks a lot bigger. So good. You know, you can't see because they're just doing the teasers, but. Yep. I think that'd be awesome that, you know, when you're like, oh, I have the Gretchen from way back when. It's like, well, the most famous, I can't, of course, remember the name, but the guy with the banner, yep. you know, I, I do hope, uh, I, I mean, I haven't played Orcs in a little while uh, competitively. I play them a little bit more for fun. I am actually hoping to change it up for this year, though. That's uh, a little 
little just change. You know, yeah. it's nice to always get an army out. Um, but in this case, I'm dusting off the orcs, and I realized because of the legacy rule, um, some of my orcs on war bikes and my war bosses on bikes, all that stuff is now in the in the uh, legends section yes. and not typically used in events. So that will be a problem for me. I gotta kind of basically update. So if they have a new war boss who happens to be Gaskell, who happens to be a monster and he's awesome, I'm grabbing him because why not have a new war boss lead your, your boys yes, in the exactly. battle? Now for the legend stuff you're saying, so how does that affect events like for ITC and stuff like that where you have some legacy stuff that you know, you've played forever and then you come to like, oh, we don't have that, you know, that's not an acceptable model anymore or whatever. So it's uh, that's a great point. What they've done is said that models, here's models that are legends and here's models that are not legends. Models that are legends will never be given new rules from this point forward, and thus you can use them, but typically it's for narrative or casual play, where you're not supporting them and their sculpts for new, um, we're essentially not using them right now uh, in our official catalog, which means we don't sell the model and we're not up updating the models. So some armies, uh, you typically see this happen with characters on bikes, war bikes or any kind of bike. Very much they've lost somewhere in the like 20 some odd plus models minimum, like I, I can just think of 20 just yeah. now, uh, between orcs and space marines and whatnot are gone. They just don't, they're now legends, and, and that's fine. It just, it does change certain lists, it does change concept. Like if you think of speed freaks, you think yes. of a war boss on a bike, oh, you know, like come on. It, and now we have a war boss on a trike kind no, of thing. It's, 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 it's fine, thing. but it's not the same thing. So having a war boss or a Big Mac or anything like that on a bike, to me, was because of 5th edition was what I used to play. Yeah. So it's going to be hard. i got to just change my mentality. i got to go with, get the new models or just do something different. Maybe put them on foot or maybe uh, yeah. throw them in a battle wagon. I don't know. We'll but see. it's not the same thing. It's like the war bikes were the war bikes. They were cool. Like yeah. the speed freaks on war bikes. That's what it makes sense. Do. I mean, there's there's novels written about this. You yeah, know? Well, <laughs> it's part of their history and their yeah. legacy. And that's where it gets interesting. It's like a lot of times the fluff and the lore, it's hard to bring into the, the rules and stuff like that. right? And Now, I understand Games Workshop is a business. Right, and, and yes, the 7th the edition, then 8th edition, and now Psychic Awakening is to sell new models. That's right. That's their, their And they're, they're planning that's a new a edition. It's coming, and oh, yeah. they're well, probably already planned like how they're going to roll exactly, it out with new yes. models. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's to say, they're a business. They are trying to you know sell more models and everything. But from a player, sometimes you get a little frustrated when you're like, oh, but I just you know spend X amount of money on my seventh edition stuff. Yeah. Now here comes you know here comes eighth edition stuff and all this. But then wait, here comes the codexes with you know new models and then the Primaris Marines and now here comes Second Awakening with you know again new stuff and then it just the investment sometimes after a while you're like okay. That's why I started doing Kill Team, because it's much smaller. Yeah, you got your 10 models, 15, 20 models, whatever it is, and yeah. you just play. Yeah. And it's a smaller table, takes less time. Yeah. Rules are generally a little bit more friendlier from a depth perspective. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I, I love Kill Team. It's, in fact, it's one of the events at CTC. Say, there's, yeah. uh, there's big events going yeah, on Yeah, Peter, Peter Bernie is running our CTC uh, Kill Team again this year. Uh, looking forward to it. He's actually running an event right now in March at, out of the box in uh, Bell's Corner so Peter's running that event and then it's a nice stepping stone two months later will be CTC now here's something like um, more personal for out of the basement yeah uh, and we love being at CTC we love being at Warzone as well so thank you Luke You'll hear absolutely this. Um, do you think that actually helps for the community have the live streaming oh my going? gosh yes absolutely yeah. like the, the fact is, I couldn't make some big events this year. I won't be able to make Adepticon this year. I will be following the podcast. You know, like, you know, I have a lot of friends. You know, like, as you know, the community's not that big. So the same couple hundred people generally are in the same 
groups, the same conventions. So you make a lot of good friends. You go drinking, you have lunch, you have share hotel rooms, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, we have a good time together and play events. And because um, when I can't make an event, I definitely look for those streams. Who's carrying the stream? Is it live stream? Is it podcast? Is it this? So when other basement was able to provide uh, live podcasting with video, as well as live uh, table string for yep. Warhammer, and now we're expanding that for this year for CTC20. Uh, it's amazing. Like, there's a ton of people dialing in, and it doesn't matter where you live, as long as you have some internets, you know, yeah. you get it. Well, it's really it, cool. I think, it, for, personally, we like the idea, right? Because, again, there's people that couldn't go to the event That's that right. were interested, like, let's just check out, right? So they, and for us, we like doing the, we're going to expand our commentary this year. We want to have a lot more guests showing up for CTC and Warzone. Absolutely. So it's not just us talking all the time, it's we have people coming yeah, by. Yeah, so the not TOs just, and the players and the walk-ins. We want them all to come by and talk yeah. to us about, you know, all Vendors, the sponsors, partners. Exactly, yeah. everything. Come General by, community. You know, sell yourselves on, you know, because that's what it's all about. That's expanding. right. So I like that idea more than just having us sit down and talk about so, that. So if you take a quick metric, 380 people physically attended. Yeah. Awesome. 3,800 or 3,900 watched the championship 40K. 10 times more people yes, tuned in for a minute or 30 seconds or three hours to watch the final match between Jim Vessel and TJ Lanigan. So like, if you yes. think about it, 10 times the amount of people were, had access to because it was there. Yeah. Without the streaming, you lose a large component of your community that would have loved to, but, but just couldn't can't. make it. And yeah. the thing is, now that they were streamed, they're actually there for people to, to watch them again. Yeah, like, yeah you can watch it today if you wanted to. You yeah. can watch it you know, yeah. whenever you want. And that's, and that's cool. Like you said, we were expanding to have for CTC because we, we, we wanted to do more for the, the gaming table. So mm -hmm. we're setting up a whole new setup where one table is going to be the focus uh, tabletop from the top down to view it That's right. and stream that and have the players being mic'd. Awesome. So they'll be talking and then have another table like you said for the non Warhammer 40k stuff you know like either bolt, bolt action, flames of war, x-wing, whatever. Absolutely. You know and that and I like I said I like doing that because I think it does help the community and and when you start sharing it, yeah, we saw the numbers. It was like, wow, there's a lot of people just tuning in to watch this. Yeah, it's great. absolutely. And it, you know, it, from the the ability from because we, you know, it's 2020. Like you're able to watch things that are happening around the world, whether it's good things or bad things. You know, and it's live. You know, like whether it's something happening in France, something yeah. happening in Europe. And for like I said, for Warzone, I try to do stuff in French as well. Yeah, which is fantastic. More, you know, it's a French community area, right? Well, Montreal and that. So I try to do as more stuff in French to have that going as well. Absolutely, it's great. Which is your is Adepticon your favorite big event, or would you say it's too big? So no, I actually, uh, it's a great question. I, if you're asking just about Warhammer focused, I actually really liked Du Bois in uh, in Rochester, New York. Yeah. I, you know, close second. I had a fantastic time at Beef and Wings. Um, if you're looking at strict com competitive, I had a great time at LVO. Uh, you know, it's in Vegas, so you know, Ooh. as long if, if, if especially if you like that background, the backdrop of Vegas, and yeah. you spend an extra couple days doing some stuff, it's amazing. Adepticon is awesome, and I I won't be playing uh, as much in the singles uh, champs or the competitive side. I love the team. The team event is amazing, and it, I just. You know the people that you play with, the opponents you play with, the themes, well, yeah, the, 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 the like craziness. Have, it's awesome. That's just it. Like they, they, it's some of the details they put in for like the theme behind their team is just crazy. It they, is it's not just the paint job; it's the whole concept of. Well, you've seen the hall when they yeah. load that up oh, with like the top, I don't know, eight teams or yeah. eight people. It's like it's a multi-thousand-dollar production mm -hmm. of lights and models yes. and table and 
terrain and well, that, yeah, it's like, insane. insane. You know, <laughs> and that's if you look at like going that the details they put in like just for this okay, here's a paint scheme we're gonna do. Yes. But you know, not just the paint scheme, it's like okay, it's gonna carry through for all the different models and everything and then the train and all that's that. Right. And and the backdrop. Uh, it's you know, just awesome. It's totally know. awesome. And like like guys like the Northern Defenders out of Quebec, I mean they've multiple times been to the, the top um, selection for that, and they've actually won it as well. But yeah, like I said, sometimes like Dead Con I loved, and I'm going again this year. Unfortunately, you can't. Uh, this year, I'm not signing up for as many events because I just want to go for the more social aspect yeah, and stuff which like is that. Because awesome. yeah. that's the also thing about the community is like it's a social aspect too. Right? It is. It's like it's not just the hand going a game. It's I'm going to go and chat with other people that have like-minded interests that's and right. stuff like that. And that's where I know CTC has always been trying to do that. It's a community thing. It's like okay, that's it's right. Not just Having more than just the winning, you know, like it, it, it's 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 catering to people who are casual, narrative just learning, people that are seasoned, competitive, and there to win. You know, it, it has the balance between both, which is why we offer casual and competitive sides of most of our events. And that allows us to kind of take in a larger chunk of the community, whether they're learning today or have been playing for 20 years, it doesn't matter. We, we kind of have a little bit of something for everyone. Now, are you gonna have something for the kids again this year? Yeah, so we, uh, we had a really neat kids program where, you know, we had like a table set up where they could learn some hobbying, they could paint their first models. Um, you know, like we had a table made out of Lego and one made out of Duplos. We had some painting stations and some, uh, some design stations. We'll have something like that as well this year. Although we've kind of like uh, repurposed some of the space to keep them in in a more like as a parent now like if you think about having kids spread out it's a little tougher so we've kind of centralized it where a parent could do the activities but at the same time keep it, it, it keep it in, in a space that is easier to manage your children and I think that'll really help too alright so I'm trying to think of other stuff we get, like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on Warhammer 40k uh, have you read any of the Psychic Awakening through? I have not not read a single paragraph I'm uh, joking I've read a couple of the <laughs> teasers I've read the free PDFs that they've been putting out but I haven't yes. uh downloaded or like in terms of the the pdfs where the uh gw releases it i've done those i haven't read the books outside of the very first release which included um was it blood and wrath uh, or something like yeah. that i like, the one with the elder and dark elder and whatnot yeah. i just had that because it was affecting my army and and that's really interesting i haven't been able to get into the lore just no time i wish no, i no. could well yeah how about yourself bad have you had a chance uh, to no it? actually no like i've been trying because the the whole um Indomitus Crusade and everything. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to get that. Now they're like, okay, I finally caught up on that lore. Now it comes to Psychic Awakening. I'm like, okay, I I want to get into it, but there's so much other. You stuff have to on. dedicate time to read the volume. They put out a really large quantity yes. of good documents, like good is, books. Good since lore. you've been in there, like also like the third edition and stuff like that. The the amount of like lore that they put into the books now is so much like incredible. Like it is. They, realize the lore is a big seller as well. Big time. I mean, People haven't even touched the tabletop game, but they just buy the, the novels from yeah. the Horus Heresy or anything from Black Library. It's exactly. amazing content. And, you know, and the, and now there's talking about uh, some animated movies coming out and everything like that, like, which you know I've, I've enjoyed. There's some, some really good stuff. We're going to have to talk a quick plug here for the Loft Board Game Lounge, because yes. Someone just well, brought up well, a large nachos, and I gotta tell you, they, they smell they, darn good, they, don't they, 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 they Pat? Um, actually, it's now level one. Oh, it's level been, one, right, right, right. It's right. been rebranded. We're in the, the loft area, but it's actually level one. Um, one. And I was actually hoping the manager would be here so I could talk to him later on. I have a small little thing with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, even though there's some background noise going on now because more people are coming in, I still like the environment. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, one again, it's a community thing. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on everywhere and stuff like that. 
Well, it's only 2 o'clock now, and it just opened a few minutes ago, and i got to tell you, the people are pretty excited to be playing games here at level 1. Yeah, exactly. So I've, and that's why I like for Out of the Basement. I'm thinking this is a good place to do our recordings. Absolutely. Uh, once we get more people coming to this, I was going to open like for Owen, but like I said, second edition, the second recording, I'm, you know, it's going to grow. But I was going to say, for, yeah, the, the, the lore to me has always been the big, big, big flavor. And awesome. the narrative stuff is where I, I, I love but yeah, I think this has also been smart move on Games Workshop stuff to do all these new novels and push so much into the lore. For sure. Because you're right, there'll be people who, like before, if your significant other wasn't interested in the actual tabletop stuff, yeah. you could say, well, read read the intro, you know, here's the lore, <laughs> read the books. And they're like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting story. They can understand more. They may not still care about the tabletop game, but they can get into the lore and go, oh, okay, I understand the Blood Ravens, or I understand, you know, this, that. Yeah, it, I mean, their, their writers are great. I mean, yeah. some are, are clearly better than others. Some books are clearly better. Is one of the best but I got to tell you, they they really suck you in. And um, have you seen some of the new uh, Warhammer uh, actual videos coming out? Yes. Like the ones that are official GW and the ones that are unofficial. <laughs> but some of the amazing. Some of the official ones are going. They're really good. Yes. Like there's uh, there's like I can't remember. There's one about the Adeptus coming up and stuff like that. Yeah. The, yeah. Adeptus. It's like Space Marine or Adeptus. Yeah. And it's just when they're coming right onto the the ship and they're boarding and. Just yes. ripping up those cultists. Oh, yeah, oh that's that so awesome. good. Yeah. Um, so I think that that has helped a lot. Now, for your vendors, I don't yeah. know, for CTC, like I don't want to, you don't have the full list yet, but you're getting there. Is there any plugs you want to do specifically to certain vendors that have been, you know, above and beyond the, the call for you? Or? Absolutely. So we have a good chunk of what we, our, our vendor sponsors and partners from last year have uh, signed back up and actually been, you know, engaged over the last year as well. So like continue to support and build up, provide prizes, provide um, terrain, provide um, resources like uh, paint and materials and, and uh, uh, giveaways and swag. So a lot of those have been amazing. I'll just kind of go from, from the top. You know, when it talks to terrain, like we're locally here in Ottawa, Nexa Terrain's been huge for us. They're helping redesign a few things and going to be uh, producing another four or five tables of terrain for us. Uh, Zolk out of, uh, with Cedric out of uh, Quebec, and his company's redesigning a brand new uh, middle table ruins for us, which oh, nice. we'll actually be releasing at yeah. CTC 20. Uh-huh. Uh, so those aren't anywhere on the internet right now, but there'll be uh, some teasers will be pushed Ooh, out soon. So special release for CTC That's right. Another also. special release. That's yeah. right. So we'll have uh, probably 20 of those buildings to flush out the top 10 tables with some brand new terrain. I mean, our, our big uh, partner this year, again, is Castle Run Games. They'll be running uh, three or four Magic the Gathering uh, events. Uh, as well as supporting a huge amount for prize support and of multiple game systems and helping with staffing as well again this year. Oh, so, good. yeah, it's going to be really great to have them on board. Uh, Kessel's been a really uh, big part of our community here in oh, the, yes. the Orleans well, the base, and we Ottawa. We appreciate them a lot because they, we got their, our start doing streaming stuff. That's in, right. In yeah. their vacation. Yeah. I actually like for the, the, the kids thing because they do something every Saturday for Pokemon yeah. Fun Day. 3 o'clock, 3 to 5, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's like, fantastic. There's yeah. a little league where you can learn how to play, get yeah. a couple packs of Pokemon, play, you know, And they started doing these gaming, kids gaming days. Uh, yeah. Over that. So like, well, yeah, well, uh, because it's Ottawa, I mean, we've had uh, the different teachers union striking, yes. and they've run strike camps. So, like, if as an example, uh, this coming Thursday or Friday when there's another strike coming up, uh, they're actually running camps again. So yeah. it's very reasonable. I think it's $35. You get a, a child in there from 7.30 a.m. to, like, yep. 4.35. 
and it gives you a chance for that your kid to learn about a new game system. They can play games they like. They can also play games that they're just learning. But with uh, you know, I think it's like up to ten kids of uh, yeah, it's, similar age. It's yeah. really nice, and it's fun because it's also it's a nice way for them to get into the gaming community. That's right. They learn some magic. They learn some tabletop. They learn some board games. Like you're gonna play this with your dad. Like I don't wanna. You will yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I I was actually demoing uh, last Friday, demoing uh, 40k to I think it was five uh, kids who were. 10 and 11 great time they loved it they were like oh my gosh this is great I'm like yeah it, it's a really fun especially when you don't have a rule book open you literally just narrate the game for them yeah there's also the uh, they do a they started a role playing open day thing where oh, okay. uh, Devram uh, was there it's basically they're paying a GM to run games cool it's a way to expand uh, if you don't have a group or you want to be part of a group it's Kessel Run's doing this I can't remember saying it's open game day or whatever. Okay. There's different games being run. To make sure you actually play, they, they want you to commit and, and put you know money in. Right. But part of the money goes to the, the GM awesome. to run it because he knows that there's he or she knows there's going to be people playing. Yep. Yeah, Basically, to secure your spot so you can yeah, exactly. get in there. Yeah. But it's a different, they, they open it up to have, you know, because not everyone knows everybody sometimes or they want to try something new but their group doesn't want to do it or whatever or they don't have the time so this way you can get to meet new people try different games different stuff awesome and, yeah. and then communities meet there too like there's regular magic meetups there's regular D&D well, meetup regular right. people playing different you see uh, the other basement weekend update we do right where like every yeah, Friday yeah I know it's busy Every yeah. Friday night, well, I don't say it all the time, but every Friday night is Magic Night across Ottawa. Like, because it's, it's, I think it's the thing with, with Friday magic. Night Magic. Yep, yeah. absolutely. If, if you want to do magic, you have to do Friday Night Magic. Yep, you know, it's, it's a big part of the community. It's part of Wizards of the Coast. Is it Wizards of the Coast still? Yep, yeah, yeah. It is. It's part of their thing. It's like, you must do this, which is a good way to get people going, but it's like all the different, you know. There's Pioneer, you talk about Commander, you talk about Standard, exactly. you do drafts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I Modern. didn't realize how big Magic still is. Because I remember Magic it, no, way I, back I, I might actually say it's bigger than what you remember. I, I think there's six major standards or more. There's a huge amount of competitive play. There's very regular releases for new... Uh, new um, you know, new packs, new themes, yeah. coming out all the time. Like every couple months, there's a brand new this or an MTG20 or Ravnica. You know, like it, it, it's always releasing for sure. Very now, strong. I was going to something to mind there. Uh, is there a Star Wars? Like I know because you can't do the Star Wars because, uh, like you said, it, it has to be in certain quarters. Right. Are you still going to be having like open, uh, friendly for actually? We're, so we're as of right now, we're about to release our X-wing champs and Armada champs. We're just confirming pricing with Asmodee Canada. Nice. Uh, okay, it looks like we'll um, either be getting a Prime kit or the Store Championship kit. So yeah, we, we can still run the events, no problem. We just um, we aren't getting the national championship package this year, it's simply because of timing it. Like I was mentioning earlier, the scheduling of it. We yeah. can't have Adeptcon with the internationals essentially right next to a national like two months later. Okay. So it's a timing issue, which is something that can't change easily. But we still are running those events, and they'll be posted here in the next week or so. And also, you are having uh, is it Flames of War? Bolt action is a lot bigger both, this year. Bolt action is growing huge. Yeah. Uh, we it's a championship event. We went from a Saturday event last year to a Saturday and Sunday. Yes. So it's three rounds Saturday, two rounds Sunday, so five rounds total. Uh, Paul Saunders is our TO again this year. Good. Uh, we've actually reached last year's numbers already as of today, and we're still growing. So That's good. yeah, good. it yes. should be bigger. Uh, Warlord Games, who's the the game company, yeah. like the persons that you know essentially came up, the designer yeah. or yeah. the distributor, they uh, came up with it. And um, Warlord Games will be present with uh, John there uh, right on site. So we were saying of how uh, you know the Bolts of War, sorry, Bolt Action and Flames of War. I keep getting the to mix up. I actually enjoyed talking to uh, Paul and was it Dieter? No, Dead. Flames of War. Give me a second. Yeah, it's coming to me. 
Podrovic. Podrovic, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Darko. Uh, Darko. Darko. That was the one, yeah. And uh, that was fun seeing, like, I'm, I'm glad there's more than just, like I said, Warhammer 40k. So that's why I like these events that you run in Adepticon and Warzone. There's a, a whole mix of different, you know... It's a much more fuller experience from a community. When when you're there playing an event, you might not notice it as much. But as you said, especially with Out of the Basement, where you're covering so much of different events, different people, different communities, you notice how wide and broad our overall community is. Like people from young ages and been playing, you know, very short period of time to people that are, are more in the their elderly ages, yeah. you know, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and still playing and loving it. It's yes. great. Well, that's the thing was when we went to, like, unfortunately... We have to can't do all the events out there because can have uh, can games another one that's interesting because it's yeah uh, it's it's more of the role playing and board games and stuff like that. yeah they have that's, an amazing community as well too like forty years have been you know been going on exactly you know? they're, so, they're an amazing uh, organization I, I actually had the the pleasure for the first time going last year is yeah. a couple weeks after CTC uh, had a great time you know bought from the vendors checked yeah. it out uh, played a couple games. And enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, what a great group of people. And the nice thing is, it's nice that uh, our two different uh, conventions don't overlap in terms of community that much. Um, they offer a lot of historicals, a lot of larger scale games, you know, that are kind of like a day or a two long. And no, a great bunch of people. Oh, and, and like you said, like, lo- venue and location is a big one as well. For sure. Now, again, because Adepticon's so big, because they're like... So I don't even know out. what their square footage is. It's, it's monstrous. It's, but again, they take up every single major conference room in that entire oh, building. Do. For, I don't know. For four, what do they, five days. What, what's a guess? I'm guessing 120,000 square feet. Oh, something like That's that. That's my guess. It's got to be, because like, yeah, like every, every convention center, every small little area... Breakout room, breakout team room, room, team room, boardroom. Boardroom, <laughs> everything. Everything's over the staff lounge, I'm yeah, sure, exactly. It's being used, you know. And then when you look at uh, Warzone, they have a whole school. Yeah, multiple gymnasiums. gymnasiums uh, they have the entire cafeteria for food service, and yeah. and they were playing X-wing down there this yeah, exactly, year, like because yeah. they needed the space. And yeah. they had the whole big area for uh, board games, role-playing games as well, which was yeah. packed the first day. It was just jam-packed. That's right. And then Rito Curling, like considering your first year you had almost 400 people show up pretty tight by the, the couple of especially on Saturday I'd say it was, it was uh, so 10,000 square feet plus another say 2,000 other usable spaces so 12,000 square you know it was um, not full but it was yeah. comfortably packed well, it was, <laughs> it you was know, tight in some you know, spaces because you're going to be growing hopefully like a decent amount every year that's right we'll you're have to look uh, it, it's a great venue for both the cost uh, like when what a lot of people might not realize is there's uh, venues are very diverse in both size but also in cost well, and, and Reno has a very efficient and yes. effective per square foot is a great price yeah. great people bar service food yep. service and, and is, is is very comparable the problem is when you start looking at bigger it starts to get a little crazy well like uh, I was going to say the capital city bloodbath yeah I mean it's a great area they, 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 right they have it very streamlined but A it's not easy to get to yeah, but I mean, it's good for the internationals coming off the airplane, like which in this oh, case there was quite well, a few. That's, that's it's it. a little tougher if you're trying to get there by bus or rail. Yep. Yeah. Also, I, I know the price there is a lot more expensive, just for the venue, because EY Center is more expensive. Yeah, we had uh, we had actually priced it out, and it, oh, it's yeah, again, I'm happy they, they can run it at this EY Center. Which is oh, like, it's an amazing venue for uh, sure. It's it's cost prohibitive though. If you look at the budget for CTC this past year and even this year and for next year, it's um it's too much. Yeah. Like it physically. Um, the number of people that come, like so, say if we reach 500 this year, and and that would be amazing. That'd be a great goal that we have. Uh, it's, it wouldn't cover it. It simply would not be enough to pay uh, 
for the venue and all of the other services. Well, and also just looking at the internet as well, right? Cause yeah, which is not free. If you want a decent Wi-Fi package, you have to coordinate that or you know try and get it thrown in for free. But and the thing is also because uh, Comic Con, I've been to a couple Comic Cons. Right. I mean, it's it's huge. Right. But it's uh, packed too. It's I mean, packed. there's very little room for there's expansion no in the UI. You know, and the thing also. Is what, sorry, for Comic Con this year, did they move that to, to September? October. 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 They moved October. It to October. Okay. Which was which is sort of nice because it's like it's a break between yeah. the spring stuff. Was one that May last year? It was late May. May it's usually after the mother the after Mother's, Mother's Day. Mother's Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. Third weekend. weekend after. Yeah, it was very busy the last few years with uh, Comic Con right then. It's interesting they're moving yeah. into October. Because it's not like it's a couple of days or a couple of weeks. No, it's, it's a whole other side of the season. Yeah. I'm not sure how that'll go. But I, I do know, because we sort of looked at how much it would cost, to, as, you know, out of the basement to go there. To Comic Con? Have, have, have a table and everything. Right. I don't think it's cheap. It's not. <laughs> I think it's thousands and thousands of it's, dollars. It's insane. And then, not just for the table, but then if you want internet access. Yeah, because you need high-speed, dependable internet. Yeah. Not just some junky and Wi-Fi. That's, I think it was over $200 a day or something oh, like that. Oh, my word. You know, and it's like, even Whoa. then you're not guaranteed, you know, the best connection. That's just pain. Like, you're paying it, but you're not necessarily getting it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, that's, yeah. that's huge. Like, we can't do that. We're, we're too small. Yep. Do that. But even if we had the money, it's like, that's a prohibitive cost. I mean, at, at the end of the day, the kind of the best you can do is bring some backpack gear and do some interviews plugged well, into your phone. That's like, what that's, I do. Because you can't, like, you might get amazing numbers and quantities of interviews, but you can't pay thousands and well, thousands of dollars. Yeah, so. you can't pay, and that's just for the internet. You're paying almost a thousand dollars just for the internet access. Yep. Never mind anything else. Never mind getting there. Yeah. So that's why I'm happy. Like you know, like CTC is real curling. It's a nice area. I mean, okay, the parking's a little bit for some. You know, let's let's. It's tougher it. for sure. It's one of the big challenges, but we're we're working around it by coordinating with the Kelly's Funeral Home, which is just next door. Yeah. And they have spots for 85 parking, so it's. And, uh, and for those out of town, there's a lot of hotels nearby. Yeah, and Airbnbs are still open. It's actually one of the better weekends in Ottawa to get an Airbnb because there's no major concerts. Oh right. So yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah it's really good. And are you going to Warzone again this year? Oh yeah, absolutely. September, it, I've uh, been talking to Luke because he's running the uh, Star Wars Legion event. Cicada is sponsoring and running Star Wars Legion at CTC, and Luke's a friend of mine. He's yep. a great guy. We supported them last year. We all went up together and exactly, had a great time. Yep. I'd say we're doing that again this year. Yep, right. Oh, exactly. Mark the calendars. We bring his holy light to the galaxy. We bless those who have forsaken his truth. We purge and burn the infidels and the heretics and those who would stray from his holy path. We are the Ecclesiarchy. We serve the God Emperor. Only in duty do you know faith. Faith will protect you from all. Question not your faith. Believe and know the God Emperor watches over you. And we are his servants. <laughs> so just overall, do you think CTC will be able to uh, compete with some of the bigger known ones out there, like Beef and Wings and stuff like that? Like, Do, do you see that CTC becoming like Beef and Wings and that? So I think uh, that's a great question. I think um, they're two totally different events. Beef and Wings is a fantastic event. Absolutely love those guys. Uh, you know, many of them personal friends. Um, they run a 40K event. And that's that's what they do. It's uh, it was over a hundred persons this year, which was fantastic. Um, in terms of competing, their naming and branding is very very strong. People recognize them from all across. Uh, they're in a great spot from basically central northern, um, you know, right where they are. Uh, they're in a great spot in Buffalo. Like people can come 
from uh, all, all centers. But um, our event will actually be the same size or maybe bigger this year. So it's tough to say. I would never want to compete with them strictly on a one-on-one basis, Warhammer to Warhammer. But overall convention, it's just... They don't. Uh, they're not a convention, and and that's fine. And and they're a great group of guys. And I'm going to be going again this year and and, and have a fun time. Yeah. So I think uh, if you look at other conventions in Canada, that's kind of where the comparison is, uh, or even in northeastern America. Uh, it's it's tough to say. Like there's amazing conventions like the Tabletop Gaming Expo (TGX) uh, in Toronto in July. If you're looking for big events, you talked about the Capital City Bloodbath as well. And there's other large GTs across. Uh, Barry Bash in February. You know Halifax is a big Bash this year. White and, Coast I, and I imagine you've worked a lot about branding lately since you know the first year, like how important branding is. And yeah, absolutely. Having online presence, a social media presence, having great great people like yourself through police and productions to help us and assist us out of the basement, providing uh, a live tapped in community driven podcasting and live streaming was amazing it, it's huge like you know the, the if people don't know about something they don't they can't attend it's just the way it is and i, I think again this is where you know access to the internet and social media has helped like, again all the communities so much more because whereas before if you're in a small town you might have maybe your local store might run one or two like you have right. to know about it but you wouldn't know about anyone else like that's the right. town over you'd, heard, you'd only hear about if some friends went there and they're like oh this is going on that's right and it, it because yeah. we have access to information regarding other cities information other cities events other stores it, it's it's very easy to coordinate through Facebook or through yes. another means uh, through websites or through other uh, social media platforms you know you see a bunch of pictures on Instagram for this week like, oh what event is that and all of a sudden you click 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 you're at their website and you're like oh they're running their event in June of next year. Yeah. Cool, I'm going to go to that one. Are um, something like my mind you know, wanders all over the place. Are you thinking of having something simple for like intro to Warhammer 40k players offered at CTC? So we're going to be running demos again this year. So demo tables uh, where you could literally just walk up. So I'll be able to, uh, members of the, the Royal Tabletop uh, Regiment, the RTTR, are going to be uh, there running again as volunteers to show people how to play Warhammer 40,000 whether and you don't even have to bring your army. I mean, you'll there'll be space to run if you have a little army you want to play. But we're going to have um, like 500 point armies, 1000 point armies where you can literally just show up four people, two people, one person, three people just to help and just demo. You. That's yeah, good. Absolutely. I think that's also important how to get the community and the thing to grow is like okay, people who've never played before, here, just come here to sit. It's going to be friendly. Check it out. It's, you know, it's all friendly. No none that oh, you don't know what you're doing. It's all just to show them they get the It's a great atmosphere too. And the way we're re-coordinating the floor plan this year, it's going to give a lot more access to vendors to be in that kind of, uh, in the, the more executive uh, lounge area, uh, next to the bar, a little quieter, so people can uh, engage, have their food, have their drink, have their socialization, and be engaging with the vendor staff, be engaging with new people in the community, and then they just go upstairs if they'd like to get into the gaming as well. So it's, it's really Is nice. Is there going to be a swag bag for people? Yeah, we're, we're growing it right now. Uh, that's one of our outreaches. If you're, if you're a prospective vendor, uh, you want to be a retailer on site, if you are a gaming store and want to have uh, uh, representation at CTC, uh, if you are a, an accessories or a gaming uh, supplier for any of these games, yeah, just reach out. Uh, lots of different ways to get there, but essentially if you just go to info at ctcgc.org or if you just search for CTC, all of our different uh, emails and ways to connect with us are there. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to work with you. love to grow your business and uh, also support our um, 
great cause, which is supporting uh, tabletop gaming across uh, the area in a convention format, but also supporting Winter Warrior Canada, and it's another donation for this year. That's good. Awesome. That's the thing I like about the fact that you guys do the donations for, you know, at least Wounded Warriors and all that. Like, I think that's also important for community to, to realize that you're that they do that. That's and right. That. And also, like, I'm sorry, but also I, I like the fact that you're at Reno Corolian and it's licensed. Yeah, so. having a licensed establishment does allow, because we're running from 8 in the morning until midnight. Like, And yeah. really, I'm there until from oh, yeah. 7 to 1 or 2 in the morning. Yes. So when you want to have a chance to have a hot dog, have some pizza, have a drink, have a pop, have a coffee. Coffee. Coffee's going to be on and free all day long uh, this year, which is a nice upgrade from last year. Yes. I, didn't, uh, get a, I know you're going to be super happy because you know, <laughs> we know Patrick. I <laughs> need my coffee. He needs his coffee. If it's 8 a.m., there better be a lot of coffee. <laughs> so, with, you know, these are some of the nice changes we're making for this year. Um, and the fact that you could have a beer or a drink with some friends in a gaming community doing some very casual narrative-based gaming, do it. We already have gaming clubs coming up. We're working with the Ottawa Casual War Gamers, OCW. We're working with RTTR and working with other members and communities across Ottawa to just show up and uh, bring their community here. Yeah, um, so, on your bucket list, do you have yes. a gaming convention you'd like to, like, you want? Oh, such a good question. I, I don't have a bucket list, but because Adepticon and because uh, LVO were two big ones in my list from the last couple of years, yeah. I really want to do uh, the new WTC or the, the old ETC. Uh, I like to get there as part of Team Canada at one point, just uh, you know, as a national entity. It's a fantastic group of people. Uh, Chris Haynes and his team have been uh, a very well representing Canada. I would love to qualify, participate, and be part of that team as a player. I think it, that would be the pinnacle of anything. Like I'm very patriotic, so and I support many Canadian initiatives. So being able to like put on a Team Canada jersey, roll some dice, have some fun, meet people from all across the world, from many many countries, yeah. and have a good time would be amazing. That would be probably my ultimate bucket list. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was to get to go to the Games Workshop itself. Like, not oh yeah, Warhammer World. Just Warhammer yeah, World, just that say, would be amazing. Just to say like, okay, I've I've been at the, the epicenter. This is I've taken my picture you know, at the heart. You know, this. And for me, it'd be like, I want to meet some of the authors and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, just to sit back and chat with them about the lore and how it comes up with, and how do the, like, how do you go from the tabletop to the lore? Because I know there's... It's a good question. I have no idea. Like, I, I know one drives the other, but the other drives one. I don't know. You know, because I, it's I know uh, they've done things where certain tournaments... Um, those events that take place actually affect the game, you know, the lore. Right? Oh, very cool. Like they yeah. Well, what was that? The before uh, second wave thing. I kind of get lost in the numbers of them, but yeah, there was like that in, that international like I think time. It was two three years ago or something. Yeah, like that they, years yeah, ago. What, what took place at the event? The big campaign. Yeah. Where it was like into the rift for the third time. Yeah. It drove. Oh. It drove the lore. It's like what, and I'm going. Yeah, I can't remember either, but I was, I was reading about that and going, see, that is awesome with the fact that okay your plane is affecting the entire war of the universe that's right very cool you know? and, and who came through is that brand new Abaddon the despoiler model came I, out oh it's so good yeah so I'm thinking going, like, that's just amazing the fact that you know you as a like as a player would have been able to influence what happens and, and your buddies you know your you're buddies. sitting in a game store playing a game but then you log it like you know we had that through uh, Kessel Run where basically you chart your games you put it in yeah. and then internationally like you're like 500 different games happened that day yeah. on that Saturday and it all who's yeah. winning you know yeah, good exactly. or evil who, which, who had the most points and victory That's points right. all this yeah. and, and in the end you as a community helped shape the rest of the community. That's right. You know, and I'm thinking, that's 
that was such a great idea they did, where it's like for the whole, I think it was a whole year or a whole so many months, it's like whatever goes on, yep. your numbers are listed, they're calculated, it helps affect the overall thing for... It's like the, it was a global campaign, yeah. and that's what was super, super cool about it. Yeah, it was, and they have been, I gotta say, Games Workshop, for better or for worse, has been just engaging far more than they were years ago and oh, yeah. it's, it's awesome well, maybe it's too fast paced in some people's liking but I enjoy it it <laughs> changes the game competitive is never the same quarter to quarter year no. to year um, it's no such thing as one person or one army is dominating it always changes it's like there's no there's no one guaranteed list that'll win all the time anymore no it'll win for maybe a month and then something will change or come out as you said a psychic awakening drops and all of a sudden another faction gets its time in the limelight yeah. and that's good it's great I mean you know the Death, the death Guard were, were it for a first while when it first the 8th edition dropped yep and then things change you know and every single army is kind of maybe with a couple of exceptions has had a chance to win big events you know like every Every major faction's won an event, period. You know, and all of that is also other players get a chance to understand the list and how to beat them. Yep, right? yep. There's there's a certain amount of uh, growth to understanding and learning, absolutely. You know, and, and that's where, like I said, I, I There's really an academic exercise. When something new comes out, people are trying to understand it, break it down, analyze it, but ultimately, until you build a list and play it on the table, it's tough to say. Well, it, it, it's me similar to uh, NFL, right? Okay. This, the backup quarterback comes in and does really well for the first couple of games because there's no tapes on him. No one knows what he's capable of, right? That's right. So it's like, oh, we're not really sure. So he does well because there's no defense really can't plan for that. But then after a while, they're like, oh, no. Now we know how it's played. Now we know what the strengths are. That's now right. Does he always go glove side? Yeah. So it's for, or, or sometimes you know, there's an emergency standing goalie who happens to be a 42-year-old Zimbo- yes. Zamboni driver and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he shuts his release. Suck it! <laughs> So, for me, it's the same thing with the army list. You know, new edition comes out, or a new FAQ, or a new codex. That's right. Oh, it seems really cool. You build your list. Other players haven't had a chance to play that list That's yet. right. There's so, very few counters to it. So, yeah. they're like, oh, but after a while, they're like, oh, no, no, no. Now I know how to counter you. So, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm doing the best. You know, nothing can stop me. To like, oh. Wait a second. Yeah. And, and, and it's just because, A, well, yes, other people get FAQs or erratas, but also people just learn how to counter that That's list. Right. There's a natural uh, ebb and flow to the meta. You know, sometimes yeah. things are strong, sometimes they weaken up for a bit. But ultimately, it never stays the same, which no. is nice. It's actually a really healthy It's a really healthy game right now for that aspect that you don't always see the same players in the exact same armies, in the exact same lists. And at the top it's table. overall for any game, too, because like D&D is, is really big again nowadays. Like Dungeons & Dragons for a while... Well, it's always there, right? But it's right. a resurgent now. Same as when you look at Flames of uh, War, Bolt Action. Yep. They started like minor little things a few years ago. Now there's it's growing. Now Absolutely. they're growing. You know, the community's Ottawa. grown. The number yeah. of people in Ottawa, the number of people internationally. Internationally, yep. you know, and like the LVO had a massive uh, Bolt Action Championship. Yeah. Like I was surprised to see you know 80 people at the table. It was awesome. And that's what I find it's really amazing that I, I don't know if it's what's that whole I'd be interested in studying the whole social dynamics of what it is mm-hmm. but I, I enjoy it uh, role playing's on a girl board games are on the girl you know it's good everything is like a lot more people are realizing it's it's not just the geeky weird people you know stuck in the fandom 2 dungeon that smells no. doing it anymore it's you know I'd say it's very prevalent in our average society now like yeah. people talking about board games bringing them to you know um, a social night with their friends you know yeah. it like uh, even in my own personal social group like a board game site were very common for years and years and it was great it was a lot of fun and then we had kids and it was a little change like 
no, you're not in no, bed by nine different, o'clock. <laughs> no, you play different types of games exactly. and stuff like that. Instead yeah. of the beer and pretzel games, it's <laughs> a cotton candy and popcorn games. Exactly. But you know, and I, and I, I do appreciate it too as a fan of gaming for decades of how it's more you know you can talk to different people like oh yeah I've, I've played this or I've heard about it as opposed to you're what weird. are you yeah, talking what are you? about yeah, talk, what's the matter with you you don't do movies you do that I think, yeah I, you know, sure. I do online games what online games so I, I do appreciate it so I think we're just going to do a quick recap here if you don't mind there. of course uh, let's do it Pat uh, well thanks again for coming out for this uh, oh, it's been amazing I really appreciate the opportunity you know and it, it's been good to chat with different all the different events and stuff like that and get your knowledge and stuff yeah, like that yeah it's been really great that you invited uh, us out for the podcast right here at the loft too like yeah. hard to see but uh, <laughs> it's a full house up here it's full house and there's also downstairs is full as well yeah pretty awesome uh, I like this area I'm hoping to continue more for stuff like this so is there anything last final things you want to say for events or Warhammer 40k or the Warhammer 40k groups in Ottawa or? Well, I, I'd have to say it's a great time to be a gamer whether you've been playing for years and decades or just getting into this year uh, you know from the few communities that I kind of look at or moderate or pay close attention to you know the, the great things that the uh, OCW, the Auto Casual Wargamers, are doing out on the West End. Yeah. You know, it's fantastic. Like a lot of hobby talk, a lot of uh, getting together. Uh, you know, every couple of weeks for a meetup. Um, yeah. They're talking about making one of their meetups uh, officially in May at the CTC. So we'll see how that all pans out. Uh, the RTTR uh, gaming community is going to have their big annual meetup on yeah. Friday night, May first, which that, is yes. very cool. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great opportunity. Whether you're coming in from out of town, we now have eight no no nine states so almost a fifth of all american states now nice. have representation coming and to more, ctc more provinces this year too right isn't it we are eight we, provinces I think we are just about at eight so we're at seven right now but i've got a buddy that should be getting a ticket here pretty soon so yeah from pei actually of all places yeah we were just talking about that earlier so pei it's, it's great i mean the fact that the people are coming from across canada across uh, especially like central and northeastern uh, like the new england states it's great i mean it's not that far from them to come from ohio maine you know, uh, Vermont, uh, New York, and whatnot. It's it's great, and it's a lot of uh, friends of mine, friends of uh, friends of ours. You know that uh, are coming up, so it'll be always good to hang out with them and have a few days to get get together and uh, you know catch up. We're looking forward to it. You'll have to watch our uh, stream for Ragnarok in uh, yeah, April. Yeah, that's right. In April, uh, that'd be fantastic. We'll be down there in uh, Waterloo. Who's, who's down? Uh, going down with you, Pat? Uh, Devram's going down with me. Awesome. Uh, a buddy of ours is uh, actually running the event. Okay, cool. Uh, Eric, Eric Rowan. Um, At Ragnarok. At Ragnarok XP. XP. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, another. It's event things that goes on down in there. Uh, we're gonna be live streaming as well. Awesome. We'll check so, it out for sure. So it'll be lots of great. So do we go on to your Out of the Basement podcast uh, Facebook site Facebook to catch yep. the streams? Yep. Perfect. So thank you very much, uh, Joe, for joining us, and thanks, listeners, for the uh, second uh, All Things uh, Warhammer, and there'll be more to come. Thank Fantastic. You very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another All Things Warhammer from Out of the Basement. We also have other podcasts, Star Wars, generic one, as well as YouTube videos. The best place to check it out is either outofthebasement.ca or on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast. Also at this time, I'd like to take a moment to ask you if you would not mind supporting us on Patreon to help us grow and continue to bring you good good things and improve ourselves. Uh, so it's Patreon slash pod for Patreon and $5 a month the cost of a Starbucks coffee would help us greater or even under a dollar you know sorry a dollar or less which we'd get out of that anyways uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll catch you next time